Hi. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. What's uh, what's up? Oh, you know, figured we'd talk into these microphones for a few minutes. That's right. Talk maybe about movies. Oh, I don't know. Are these on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're recording. Because Batwall Studios knows what they're doing, so of course, oh, of course. Okay. Okay. All right. But uh, I wish I had a little Revelator coffee. I didn't didn't grab any on my way here. Little afternoon pick me up. I need it. I need, I it. need it too. I still have to teach a class today, y'all. Anyway, we're here. We're side talks. Um, I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm the creative director for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. In case you didn't know, I'm just Corey in. Craft. I am yeah. a programmer with the all of those things that Rachel just said. And um, we're gonna kind of talk about movies. Let's you talk never about know movies. what we might do. Yeah, or the Backstreet Boys, or whatever. You never know. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hey, bro, bro. It's been so damn Hi. long. How hey. are you? It's been so long. Oh, my gosh. Hi, guys. We miss you. I miss you guys. Oh, I'm back. I'm glad to be back. Well, we were live from the Oscars and couldn't call you. And, of course, that was the slap heard around the world. And then... Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then we took a week off, which nobody knows because we, had, we already had some in the bank. So, but here we are, and we're happy to talk to you. So, what have you been watching other than I assume you've seen the, the, you know, keep my name, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth clip? I have seen that a a time or two. I have seen that. (laughs) Um, But um, I went a little farther back into the archives, and um, uh, we watched Anaconda. (laughs) Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. One of the schlockiest movies ever made. It's the best. It, it was a, a fun, wild ride. And there were so many, I did not know so many folks were in it. Like, I kind of remember, you know, J-Lo and, and maybe, you know, John Boyd and stuff. But I really did not realize until it was happening. Like, we had Eric Stoltz. Oh Hell yes. I yeah. mean, for a, for, and, a, for a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a fashion. Until, yes. And Tony said he looked like Gilderoy Lockhart when he showed up, which he did. Um, and, oh, a really cute observation. So, uh Tony started calling, so, you know, obviously J-Lo was in it, and Tony started calling John Voight J-Vo. Oh, so, good call, Tony. Isn't that good? Good so call. So we had J-Lo, J-Vo, we had Ice Cube, and, you know, I was watching the credits, so J-Lo came first, and then Ice Cube, and then John Voight. So, you know, he was not even top billing, but I guess you got to put, it's 1997, obviously J-Lo's got to be number one, you know? Oh, absolutely. She's, it still it is. It still is. Still is. Still is. Um, but yeah, okay. I, so a lot of things, like, first of all, John Boyd is supposed to be from Paraguay and there's like so much mouth acting with his <laughs> mouth and the way it sort of, I guess he's, cause he's doing this accent, which I mean, I guess you could say in modern time would be a sort of a bit of a cultural appropriation, a problematic situation, but, uh, he's doing this, but I think because he wants to really sell you on that or maybe to make the accent happen is just if there's a lot of like weird lip snarling and like ugh, it's just i mean he's supposed to be a creeper snake guy so i get it but it's just yeah. a lot of john boy javo mouth you know i mean the um, thing about his accent is it, it might be cultural appropriation if his accent resembled any culture's oh, accent i mean he sounds right. like a drunken cajun guy good yeah, point exactly it's, it's like who even is mad at him because what even is he doing um, yeah, okay, so let's see. My other notes, oh my gosh, Owen Wilson, little baby Owen Wilson, wearing puka beads because it's 1997, oh. and why wouldn't you? Oh. <laughs> Fresh off of Bottle um, Rocket. Right. And let's see, okay, so I have 
several Odinon's notes here. I mean, I, there are going to be spoilers, everyone, but it is, what is this, 25 years ago? So, I mean, you know, that's, I guess, not too bad. Um, okay, first of all, uh, right off the bat, we, okay, so we got, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, we're on this boat. We, uh, J-Lo is a documentarian, and Eric Stoltz is like a science, or not science, whatever, you know, uh, uh, he studies tribes in the Amazon, and he is, uh, they're going to make a documentary on this like hidden tribe of like, people of the mist in the Amazon. And then they are set out to sail. Ice Cube's the camera guy. Owen Wilson's the sound guy. There is a production manager lady. And then, you know, they run into John Boyd with his broken down boat. And then, you know, they bring him on board, which, I mean, big mistake, big mistake. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Leave him, leave him there. So, um, okay, like right away, Eric Stoltz gets, there's a whole thing with like a crazy bug and he gets, he gets unfunctional and they have to do a tracheotomy on that boat. Ew. And I feel like that always happens like in a place where in a movie where it's like all of a sudden they're like, we need an emergency, but we obviously don't have a hospital, but we don't want them to die. So they always do a tracheotomy where all they need is just a pin and a throat, you know, and just feels like that's like, you know, a bit of a go-to, but maybe that wasn't in 97, you know, I don't know. Well, that's what Um, I would do if we were in a diner or something and somebody started choking, I would just get the knife and a straw. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? (laughs) Problem solved. According to the movies, that's all you need. Yeah, watch out, everyone. Do not choke around me because you're going to get the trick. You're going to get the trick. So, okay, uh, okay, a big spoiler, but um, eventually, well, shit goes wrong, and um, Owen Wilson gets eaten. (laughs) (laughs) Those poker beads went down easy. (laughs) Poker beads, Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, and I don't know how long it is you've seen, since you've seen this, but let me tell you, okay, it's shown immediately after it eats him, it is shown swimming in the water with a bulge, the exact shape of Owen Wilson inside it. Yep. Like, <laughs> not like a bulge of a, of a possible human man, but like it is like pressed against the skin of the snake CGI flesh and there is like a you can see like a nose and a mouth and shoulders I know that Owen Wilson anywhere it's so bad and and you know we were wondering too it's like did they CGI map Owen Wilson's face and body to like apply it into the stomach of this anaconda or did they use like a stock full-grown man bulge you know for the CGI but it is so ridiculous when it swims to the water and like that's I, I when in learning about the cgi like it is it's that thing where if i were to travel back to 1997 i would probably be impressed but also in 1997 titanic happened and i feel like it did you know a little better so uh i don't know i feel like it's a bit ridiculous looking now but i i'm trying to you know 1997 it because i did read that it cost one hundred thousand dollars per second CGI oh my god! Snake. Oh my god! Yeah, money well spent. <laughs> and they didn't exclusively use CGI. They did have you know several animatronics and actual real snakes and stuff. But they did have a lot of CGI at a hundred thousand dollars per second. So I mean, yeah, that's they're getting all the detail and shadow of of the the puka bead necklace and, and everything <laughs> in that um, snake belly. And, um, oh, there's another, okay, so another really great scene is when, okay, so again, another spoiler, um, in the end, so it turns out John Boyd was, um, a bit of a trickster, and it was a whole thing, and he was gonna, you know, get them to get the snake that he's hunting, and, and he didn't care about the documentary, and, you know, people are dying, it's, it's crazy, and, um, 
he oh actually you know what right before that hold on let me before i get to that part um well the john uh what's his name owen wilson's girlfriend is the production lady and once he is out of the picture she's really mad and she's like very vengeful and she's grieving and they figured out john javo is bad so they tied him up and she decides to go murder him or whatever well she you know clumsily does it loses the knife the whole thing he then grabs her he's tied up so he grabs her with his thighs and he kills her Whoa. with his thighs like smooshes her head with his thighs well he must and, have been on that thigh cruncher at the gym hey Damn. you know javo <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it's like the parallel is that much like the anaconda squeezes you to death, John Boyd also <laughs> will squeeze you to death. He's basically so, a snake. He's basically a giant snake. Um, okay, but this is my favorite part. So then eventually, though, he does get his comeuppance and he gets eaten by the snake. And then they use the most amazing shot in the film, which they only use this one time. And honestly, I could have used more of it. But again, it was probably, you know, $100,000 a second. So what do yeah. you want to do? But they have this, like, snake throat cam where all of a sudden you oh. are inside. Because previously they've done some anaconda, Whoa. like, vision, like, where you're, like, swimming in the water. At, you yeah. are the anaconda. Well, POV. But in this case, you are the anaconda's, like, uh, that little punching bag in the back of your throat type of thing. Like, you're, like, way, <laughs> way in there. And so it opens up and all of a sudden you see, like, you know, three feet of snake innards oh. and then it's mouth at the end and then it you know gobbles up john boyd whole and like you know suckles him down or whatever but it is the best cam because it's like snake mouth hole cam that rules. And I that like pretty much rules. they probably they should have used it more but i think they probably wanted to save it for the you know the big finish but there's more so apparently part of the lore with the anaconda is that it will you know snake around you and crush you and then it will eat you and then it will spit you back out and then it will eat you again and oh, so that's nasty it's so nasty so then what happens is all of a sudden after he's gotten you know snake mouth hole cams up there and he's in there you would think that it would take a while to sort of digest him and or like I don't know, cover him in snake juice or whatever, and then spit him back up. But probably for purposes of movie magic, they had to like really speed things along. So he pretty much immediately comes back up after he's been eaten and he is fully covered in slimy goo and he's all like rough looking and terrible. And then, so the snake like spits him back up. And at this point, JLo is still like, you're trying to fight the snake and you know, they're all trying to survive and stuff. Well, he comes back out of the snake. He whacks into JLo. He falls to the ground and then they, she looks at him, and then Javo winks at her yep. through all the snake slime. Oh my! You remember that, God. Corey? Uh, the wink is the funniest thing in the movie. So it was insane. I was hollering. I what? was like, "What?" Yeah, and he's covered in slime. It's so grody. It's so grody. Um, what? And I think that before the snake even gets caught on fire, I do. There is a whole flaming snake yeah. scene. I think. So is the so, idea here that it, even a snake can't help but flirt with J Lo a little bit? Well, well, John, John Voight, who is regurgitated by the anaconda, oh, covered yeah, in yeah. slime, I gotcha. and then gives J-Lo a little stinky wink. Oh, I thought the snake yeah. did it, which would have been more cool. But I can handle it. <laughs> I can handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Boy, J-Lo winks at J-Lo, but he's like been, you know, digested slightly. And <laughs> so his last breath is really that. a last yeah. wink. 
Yes, it's the last week. But then his mouth is also shit. doing something gross because it always has been. But yeah, definitely <laughs> a gross wink. It's so bad. and um, But like also so fun. Like the whole movie was, yes, a wild, ridiculous ride. And and it just made me never want to ever get on a boat in the Amazon ever, ever, ever. And I know, so I mean, of course, I did my fact checking. And you, I mean, they say that the anaconda in this movie, the big one that they're trying to get, is yeah. 40 feet long. And according to the history, the largest anaconda ever known is only 17 feet long. So rest assured, it won't okay. be 40. It could just be 17. I was really so, worried for a minute. <laughs> um, and that's and it's always a lady. Oh, and this was another oh. interesting fact. It said the anacondas in the film attack humans, but not each other. In real life, anacondas practice cannibalism. Yep. Female anacondas, which are larger, are known to consume smaller male anacondas. Oh, so they nasty. They nasty. They nasty cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you know. But anyway, I don't think I have any like trips to the Amazon lined up anytime soon. But if I do go, I'm going to be on the lookout for a John Voight looking character. I'm going to be looking out for giant snakes. And you're always um, on the lookout you know, for a J Lo. Who is it? I'm always on the for real. Watch out for day. wasps oh. whose sting will seal your throat shut too. Ooh. So you don't oh, have to exactly, get a trach, exactly. even though Rachel will jump in there and <laughs> yeah. gladly perform I'll, that. I'll handle it. We're good. Yeah, Lisa, if, then, you're you ever, know, if you're ever choking on, you know, oh, I don't know, Twinkie or something, let, you know, I'm there for you. I got gotcha. you. You got me. You got me with the straw and the very some small crab angel. Some mice. crab angels go down the wrong way. <laughs> crab <laughs> angels. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> um, and I did read, so apparently Juliana uh, or Jillian Anderson and Juliana Margulies both turned down the role of Terry Flores, which is Jennifer Lopez's role. And, um, Apparently, Sean Connery, Tommy Lee Jones, and John Malkovich also turned down the roles of Paul Cerrone, which is um, John Boyd's character. Who wouldn't want so, to see Tommy Lee in this role? Tommy Lee Jones yeah, Tommy was, Lee. was too busy making Men in Black, which yeah. was ultimately well, a better career choice. A little bit of a bigger paycheck there, so I get it. But oh, when, and another yeah, we want to see Chris, Tommy Lee Jones at all times, really. Yeah, I for feel real. it. I feel it. Anyway, sorry, Lisa. Um, Chris Farley was offered to play the Ooh. character of Danny Rich, although he was interested in participating. He could not because the calendar coincided with the production of Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, oh, damn. We missed out. Mm-hmm. Those contracts yeah, are burly things. <laughs> and um, Oh, and then this was one fact which uh, I saw in the IMDb trivia section. Um, in a scene, a monkey is seen sitting in a tree. One man aims his gun at the tree and supposedly shoots the monkey. Uh, after shots are heard, the monkey supposedly falls into the river. Then it says, a fake monkey was used for the segment of the monkey falling into the river. Like, yeah. Good. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, much saying, that's good. I hope so. Yes. Yeah, no one worry. We didn't murder a monkey for the 1997 feature film Anaconda. <laughs> oh, like, man. <laughs> I really hope not. Now, they were, you know, carving up snakes left and right, but the monkeys, no, no. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck snakes. We like monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They did say that, yeah, all the snakes, when they blow up, they blow up a bridge in one scene and all these snakes, like, fly all over the boat and that they were local snakes from a local Brazilian where it was shot um, snake handler. So those are actual local, real deal, real deal snakes crawling all around everybody over there. No. So And that the crew had a lot of problems with it and there was a lot of um, snake phobia in the crew and yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Like, even though in the movie there was a fictional movie being made and they had troubles and trials and tribulations, like, I'm sure actually for real in real life filming it was also, like, insane and terrifying at times, you know? 
So, yeah. Oof, no, thank you. It was you. a wild ride. You're not I'm into snakes? It, I've heard no. the sequels of that. No, the, uh, I hate snakes. Snakes are nasty creatures. I've only seen the first sequel, which came out like seven years later, which is something like Anaconda's Hunt for the mm. Blood Orchid or something like that. Um, it's great. I mean, what else can you say about it? The title tells right. you it's great. You know, Anaconda's colon subtitle means that you're in for a good time. For sure. You're in for a wild ride with a bunch of snakes. Damn. No more John Devo on that one, though, I bet. Or no, Devo, probably. No, no. They, uh, in fact, I have no memory of who stars in that film. A bunch of, um, uh, well, who they could afford, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not afraid of snakes. Because I'm walking in the wilderness, I mean, which I never really do. But if I were to do it and I saw a snake, I would be so unsure about the snake that I would obviously run away in terror. But one time I was at a friend's house and they had a pet snake. Yeah. And so I feel like I could trust the snake. Like I was, the snake was, you know, was vouched for because it was a pet. So I was like, well, this isn't going to be a crazy deadly snake. And um, it was a boa constrictor. It was no. really small. It was like, you know, 18 inches. And it was very interesting sensation because it would crawl all around your arm and your neck and your shoulder and just sort of slither all around. And it was like, you could tell the constricting was happening. Like it was just was sort of tightening. <laughs> I'm sorry for any snake listeners. That should have been a like trigger warning if you hate snakes. But it was very interesting. It was like if somebody just put their hands around your wrist and lightly squeeze. It was kind of like that, but you know, continually for minutes all Not around your arm. Not a fan. It was of this a very Lisa. interesting feeling. And I, but as a giant, much giant, you know, much bigger person than this little snake. I and knowing it wasn't going to bite me, it was just going to do this little mild constriction. I didn't <laughs> mind it, but I can definitely see where if you saw a big giant one of these, like a seventeen footer, that thing could yeah wrap around you, and that would be bad news. So I yeah, think I that's applicable the, to all the things. constriction action in uh, at play, and that it would be um, terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love the Red Devil, the little Chihuahua, but I don't really want to see a you know. 5,000 pound red devil. I just yeah, feel exactly. like we can, anytime you supersize <laughs> shit like that, it goes wrong. It gets exactly. scary. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, thank you for bringing us this, you know, well, I'm I, so I, it's been I a minute since was... I've thought about this film and um, yeah. I need to go back because I've forgotten everything. I, it was a wild ride. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good way to, you know, kick off the warm weather season. Makes me, makes me aware of all these snakes slithering around that I can't see. So Helps I'm, with I'm those travel plans too, you know, cancel exactly. those Amazonian trips because no For real, no more, no more of that, sh of those shenanigans. We don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't need, you know, John Voigt winking at us. <laughs> yeah, I'm canceling my documentary. Oh, I will say, um, as, again, spoiler, at the very, very, very end, when it's just like J-Lo and Ice Cube and Eric Stoltz uh, barely making it, they did encounter the tribe that they set out to find after all. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, good. so it has a little bit of a happy ending. If you, you know, it's kind of, yeah. Funny that Eric Stoltz lost his role in Back to the Future because he was taking it too seriously and cut to Anaconda. There you go. Yeah. yeah. When his and threat honestly, seals he up, mostly, he's a pro. <laughs> right. He was mostly laid up too. Like there was a few times where JLo would visit him in his um, mosquito netted bed and like caress <laughs> on him and, and, you know, check in on him. And um, I kept thinking there would be a straw sticking out of his neck, but instead they, they had eventually bandaged that up. I guess he healed up a little bit, but see it works. Um, I'm telling you. It was, exactly. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks for bringing us this one, Lisa. I can't wait to uh, maybe force this on people one night at Bad Movie Night because it sounds yes. like a really good candidate. Yeah, it would be fun. There would be a lot of like hollering and stuff. So I think that would be a good call. I'm making note. All right. Well, we'll talk Noted. to you later, Bross. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Man, that's weird. Ah, that segment. One of my faves. Uh Uh-oh. Man, that's weird. Well, what's weird? Tell me what's weird. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Adrian line that's right i'm gonna consistently want to say adrian lynn I do, i've told I, you this i, I don't know say it, too. it doesn't matter to me really I, I don't feel like he needs protection so anyway we, we were talking about him in relationship to the film i think foxes Am that's I right? right and i mentioned that he has a new film out as of a couple weeks ago his first film in 20 years deep yeah. water on hulu yeah. starring ben affleck and anna de armas pretty good so that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah. And so I went down a rabbit hole looking into uh, a film that I think is really funny, and that is Indecent Proposal. Well, this is also well-timed because uh, a podcast that we both love, you must remember this, is now doing a its new season on erotic thrillers. Oh, cool. So Mr. Adrian Lyne really comes up a lot, as you can imagine, or he will. Uh, As we move throughout the decade, because he was, for a time, one of the um, predominant uh, erotic thriller filmmakers of in Hollywood. Fatal Um, Attraction under his belt, and um, Nine and a Half Weeks, and you've got, of course, Indecent Proposal, um, which comes in uh, what is it, ninety one, ninety two, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so let me just tell you this, okay? Okay. Here's the interesting stuff I know about it. First of all, Julia Roberts turned down the role to play the character that. Of the Demi Moore end up playing of uh-huh. the of the wife that is going to you know spoiler alert accept this indecent proposal, and by the way, um, it, they were originally Adrian Line was originally dismissive of the casting of Woody Harrelson, hmm. but changed his mind after seeing guess what film? Oh, You're, White Men Can't Jump. You got it. Yeah, that somehow the performance in that changed his mind. Well, that movie rules, so that's why. And originally. Guess who was going to star? Do you know about this? What what actual married couple at the time was had had sights on starring in this film and was was very close to doing so? As the central married couple yes. who is indecently proposed. Yes. Was it was it Tom and Nicole? It was Tom and Nicole. Tom no Cruise way. and Nicole Kidman almost landed in this film. And by the way, would have except that Adrian Lyon thought that Nicole she he was very impressed with Tom Thomas Cruise. But was not impressed with Nicole Kidman. Boy, he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. what a mistake. I mean, maybe she doesn't give a good, you know. But eh. this is this is like far and away era Tom and Nicole. So Nicole Kidman has always been exceptional at her job. So this is really really funny. To no, me. I know. I, I agree. mean, what she just doesn't audition well. Nicole Kidman, she's a great actor, but you know, in an audition, she just blows it. So so they later went on to make an erotic thriller of sorts with yeah. uh, Stanley Kubrick. So, yeah, you know they're so doing all right. Come on, Adrian. Um, and guess who was going to play? Who was going to play the billionaire who also turned the role down? So I imagine this could have been offered to any number of like old venerable Hollywood oh, guys. Yeah. So let me say Paul Newman. Nope, Warren mm. Beatty. Oh well, that makes old sense. trouser snake himself. That makes sense. And by the way, Demi Moore, even though Adrian Lyne was so taken with Demi Moore, funny that she had auditioned for both Foxes and Flashdance and and was turned down. I didn't know she auditioned for Flashdance. Yes, for both of those. Yeah. Um. So 
by the way, the there's a couple other kind of fun movie connections here too that I think that you're going to dig a lot, and that is that Robert Redford's character, I think John Gage or John, G- anyway, his character in the film, Robert Redford's, the tale of his encounter that he tells in the film with a with this attractive woman on a New York's sort of subway train or mm-hmm. what have you, uh, taken from Citizen Kane. Of course, uh, yeah. Mr. Is it Mr. Bernstein's story? Yeah. Seeing the girl in the white dress. Oh, yeah. One of the best moments in that movie. Kind of a fun one. Yeah. And speaking of giving up roles to take roles or not getting roles, good old Woody Harrelson dropped starring in Benny and June. He was actually cast in Benny and June. In the central role? Yeah, in the Johnny Depp role. He was actually cast Well, that doesn't work at all. Right? Well, he maybe instinctually knew that. Dropped it to do a decent proposal, but had already signed a contract. So he was already, yeah, he's getting a little, a little hot water. So MGM actually sued Paramount Pictures and settled for five hundred, a little five hundred k. Yeah, they got the better end of that deal because Johnny Depp blew up shortly yeah. thereafter. But yep. it's not like Benny and June is like a particularly good Ooh, movie. It's kind of terrible, actually. But interestingly, and coincidentally, here uh, Johnny Depp, who of course stars in Benny and June, had been approached to play. Um, the Woody Harrelson character. Well, that wouldn't so, have worked either. So, so big, it, it, it the swapping uh, worked out best for everybody, even though, loop. again, we're not talking about particularly amazing movies here no, in general. True. This is one of my favorite notes. And then I'm going to land on a note that I think you're going to really appreciate. Okay. And that is that, and by the way, there's a lot of kind of fun facts about this film. I, I've, I've sort I've sifted this all out for everybody. So that it's, this is the best of the best, but there's a lot of kind of other fun stuff about this. But this, the secretary, this is again, one of my favorites, the secretary in a real estate office. So just a, you know, an extra, if you will, is reading a book mm-hmm. in, in the scene. And she's specifically reading Susan Faludi's backlash. Which is hilarious because, as you may know, Backlash being, of course, uh, a, a feminist look at the films of the 80s. Of course, who do you think she really goes after in the book? Adrian Lyne. For Fatal so, Attraction? Right, for any number of films, several films, but Fatal Attraction, of course, being. I've never read Backlash. I'm going to have to track that down. That's it's a, fascinating. It's a really fun one to read. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty venomous. But it, it's hilarious that Adrian Lyne's like kind of, you know. Trying to rub Susan Faludi's face in it, which if you've read Backlash, good luck, dude. But you know, she's pretty on point here. But anyway, really funny fact that he's acknowledging at least that he's kind of a son of a bitch. So, but here's what I think you're going to really appreciate. Okay. Do you know this? That Michael Bay filmed the fast tracking close ups of the dice in the gambling scene? I had no idea. Yes. And that he is would actually tremendous. remake that for Armageddon. Of course. So there you go. Amazing. Facts you didn't know about. And decent proposal. And I might be back on a man that's weird with another film or two by Adrian Lyon because I'm a I'm a big fan of his very ridiculous work. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Barbara Walters and Diane Sawyer. Both venerable ladies yeah. of, of network yeah. news. I'm not really sure who I'd rather be. Maybe Diane. I think Diane Sawyer's a little, you know, she's a little more professional. Plus, well, you know, Diane Sawyer was married for many years to Mike Nichols. Oh, let me jump ship real quick. I'll do Barbara Walters. I'll, I'll happily be Diane Sawyer okay. then because and Mike Nichols going, yeah. rules. Okay. Um, I mean, not that I have a problem with Mike Nichols. I'm just like, eh, you know. Okay. I, anyway. Hey, tell me stories, Mike. Tell me stories That's about true. your stand-up comedy days. Tell me stories about Elizabeth Taylor. 
Yeah, I'll I listen guess. fondly. I guess. It seems um, like it could be really get annoying. Nah. Anyway, thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsor. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media. That's where you can see cinema showtimes, and you're definitely wanna go, gonna want to see a movie with us as we enter the month of May. We have so much good stuff coming up. Lots of great movies. Come see a movie with us. Get your tickets now. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.